Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. All right, guys, welcome back to the Johnny Cassell Show. This, again, is another Ask Me Anything series. This is the 12th in the series. Uh, We've had some fantastic questions already come through uh, yesterday, um, which I actually answered them already on my Instagram. You can check out through my stories if you're following me there. Um, But if you're not, I'm going to go into them right now. Okay, so, and thanks for you guys that are just joining us on the Instagram there. Hi, Panda Belly. Hi, Dano. Hi, Big Daddy. Hi, Verlaine. Hi, Big Nick. Hi, Louis Versace. Hi, B-Lane. Anyone got any questions from now until the next half an hour, throw them at me and I'll get them answered. Okay. Now, here are some of the questions that were actually given to me this week. The first one is, what is the best way to get dates in different cities? Okay, what is the best way to get dates in different cities? So this question came from a guy that is in the business of traveling. You know, he travels, he does business from country to country, city to city. So it makes sense, right? When you're on the move, it becomes very difficult to actually find someone because, you know, you're not in one place for more than two minutes. So I want to give you guys some ideas on how to make your circumstances a bit more fruitful. Now, the first one I am going to give you, and this is a bit of an insider's kind of tip, is when you're traveling, and if your first language is English, for instance, Please, please, please do not assume everyone where you go speaks English. They probably do, okay? But it's just a bit ignorant and arrogant, really, to think that someone's just going to speak your language, all right? Just be bothered and make the effort to learn a little bit of the native language, the native tongue, just the basics, okay? It could be hello, it could be my name is, what's your name? Right? And obviously, if you frequent this country uh, more often, you'll obviously acquire a bit more of the nat- native tongue. But by opening up an interaction with natives in their own language just shows that you are standing out from the crowd. You're making a bit of effort, and they're just going to treat you a bit differently initially. Okay, Now, of course, you can then revert to, you know, you might say hello in their language, and they might start st- speaking in a language, but you just go, oh, sorry, that's all I know, right? But that's quite endearing that you made the effort, okay? And they're likely to be more open to you, and, um, you know, I think you're going to have a better experience if you take that approach, okay? So that's my, my kind of first tip in terms of, you know, when you're traveling, when you're, and you're looking to interact with people for the first time, um, just something I want you guys to take on board. Okay, another thing is, is you often get asked when you're traveling, uh, what are you here for, right? And in my experience, I found that if you say that you're here for a holiday or you're here for a vacation, you are immediately put into the sex tourist category. Yes, that's right, the sex tourist category 
It exists, okay? People coming over from more of a first world country into a second or just traveling in general, you know, they're just not going to take you too seriously. They think that you're just here for, um, you know, a one-night extravaganza or a weekend extravaganza, then they're never going to see you again. That's not going to make a woman feel safe, right? And what I feel is the correct way to say is just, hey, you're there for business, okay? And you are probably there for business anyway. And like I always say, you know, you shouldn't really shy away from being transparent with the things that you want. Okay, if you are there for just for like a bit of fun, just be transparent about that. But anyway, speak the native language, you know, just learn a little bit. Say you're there for business. My first two tips. Third tip, right? Now, Tinder. Tinder does have a really great feature within that app where you can use a geolocation. It's a geolocation um uh, thing on there that allows you to target a certain area before that you've actually visited it. So if you're new to Tinder or if you're familiar with this Tinder application, you might want to actually check this out. I think that might actually be within the paid section of it. So, for example, if you go into a certain part of the states, you know, from a, a different state, or perhaps you're going to a various part, a different, a certain part of Europe, you might want to put in Tinder your search location, your search field of that particular area. And if you do that, perhaps like a week before, you may already start lining up some dialogue with people within the app and um, you know, be able to meet them when you get there. Okay, so just planning ahead, thinking ahead. Another thing, another tip that I would suggest is pretty similar thing to do is just check on Instagram. Think of the places that you're going to go. Maybe you know the sort of clubs or the bars you're going to go to. Maybe the sort of the um, touristy districts, right, or the restaurants that you want to go to and have a look at all the sort of people that go there and perhaps add them on your Instagram or start liking some pictures, seeing if that creates a dialogue with a native there. And then you can say, look, I'm visiting. It'd be really cool to get your opinion on where some cool places are whilst I'm in town. Right, now you've got someone on the ground that could potentially develop into a friend. They could, you might hit it off of them or you might hit it off of their extended circle. Okay, so just thinking ahead about this, guys. <coughs> okay, the social media, you know, it's a tool. Don't shy away from it. It's something that can help you when you're traveling. Okay, so those are my tips on the best way to get dates in different cities. You can use the apps to take advantage before you even get there. But also as well, you know, don't hide behind your ignorance by assuming everyone speaks English. Okay, be bothered to learn a bit of the new language. And you know what you should do anyway, it's fun. And also that when you travel, you become more wiser, you become, um, you know, if it's seen that you know different languages, and that's a pretty cool thing too. Makes you stand out from the crowd, okay? <coughs> right, next question I had is, how do you get over a toxic relationship? Okay, how do you get over a toxic relationship? Well, the first thing is, you know, you've just got to get back to start loving yourself, start respecting yourself. You know, in my history of dating in the early days, you know, I, I wasn't that educated in this area. And, um, you know, I've compounded my education within this area and the dating sphere and the social sphere to kind of get where I am and acquire the sort of knowledge I've acquired. But in the early days, I was falling into toxic relationships because I didn't know any different. I thought that, you know, 
being in this dynamic of abuse and um, putting up with shitty behavior was just normal, right? I didn't actually think outside of that relationship, think that I could get anything better, you know, because I didn't have a reference of being able to get better. So you have to understand that you're worth it and not to um, put up with things that are, you, you know, that are, are not in align with your values. Oh, God, we have a problem for recording now. Let me get back to this. How to get over for, for someone from someone for good. I think this. I think that you should never really hold a grudge towards... grudge. Never hold a grudge or bitterness towards someone that's been a part of your life. Doesn't matter how the relationship ended, okay? Doesn't matter if you were cheated on, uh, you cheated on them... Or, you know, they betrayed you in some sort of way or did something outside of the parameters of the relationship of the, of, you know, went against your, your trust and your values. <coughs> that, for, for a period of your life, that person was a reflection of you. So how can you be so bitter towards a person? You should be grateful. You should be grateful that you experienced time with this person. You should be thankful of um, the, the, the time and, and the joy that you experience with this person, and you should wish them the same moving forward with their life. And I think that that's a great way of thinking, and especially I, I especially think it, it's um, something that's important for your healing moving forward. You don't, you don't move forward by hating on someone or being bitter about something or grudging someone or being jealous. That's just not the sort of mechanisms that move you forward, right? Despite you may, despite your feelings towards that person, right? It's just emotional. Think logical. Think logically, yeah? Be thankful for the people that you've had in your life. Do not hold grudges. And again, re remind yourself this. In order to allow new people in your life, you've got to let people go, right? You've got to let the people go that are taking up space, okay? <coughs> and just having a more of an abundant mentality, right? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, I'll never find someone like this again. I'll never find someone, you know, I had such a deep connection with this person. They knew me like no, no other. Hey, well, you just got to allow more people in, you know? Just give people a chance. I know it's hard when you're moving on in the beginning, but you just got to, you got to do that, all right? Now, I like this question that we got earlier. The question was the best part-time jobs. What are the best part-time jobs, okay, for improving your confidence, that is? And naturally, because of the background I've come from, I, I would say anything sort of client-facing, anything client-facing, sales-orientated, um, you know, marketing, you know, are, are all great ones. I mean, it depends on your, on your, your age, but if you can get into... You know, my trajectory was, my, the earliest job I had was actually a waiter at a restaurant, right? And, you know, being a waiter at a restaurant, you've got to go up and you've got to kind of make it not so boring for yourself. So, you know, you be a bit more creative with your approach to the table. You share eye contact across the table. You know, you become part of the, their dining experience, Right, so maybe if you're a youngster listening to this right now, you're getting into it early. You know, you're just coming out of school. You know, something like that. You know, as a part-time job, or evenings and weekends, that might be somewhere to start. 
you know, maybe a club rep, maybe going away, doing a season, you know, if you've got like six months to spare, go and do a season in Ibiza, one of these party islands, and just just put yourself in a machine that is constantly putting you in front of people, right, so you can develop your confidence, okay? Another idea I had was, um, you know, a sales job, field sales, something that's got you knocking on doors repeatedly or picking up phones and, and um, you know, really bringing out your personality. I mean, I did a lot of cold calling for my family business back in the day. And, you know, what I found was, I, w- I remember I was absolutely petrified to pick up the phone for the first time. And, you know, one first phone call, I, I kind of pushed myself to do it. And, um, you know, it was very rusty and it was very rigid. The second phone call, a little less. And the third, you know, I kind of start swinging back on the chair and I put my feet on the desk and I start developing a bit of swagger and you start coming into yourself. So, again, it's about the repetition, the constant exposure of being in a certain situation so you can develop that confidence. Remember, confidence is not something you either have or you don't. Confidence is a process, okay? You've got to repeat that thing again and again and again and again until you refine your craft, okay? So that's kind of my advice on like best part-time jobs to have if you want to develop your, your confidence with people, something that's client-facing, something that's got, something where is, you're basically putting yourself in a machine where you're constantly in front of people, constantly, constantly, constantly. So it forces you to be more creative with your approach, your personable skills, the language you're using, because you've got to be creative in that space, right? Otherwise, you're just going to get bored of going to work, okay? And yeah, cold calling, cold calling, knocking on doors, phone calls. I mean, there's plenty of businesses that will challenge you to do that, and there's plenty of businesses that are screaming and shouting for people like, like that part-time. I mean, myself here, you know, in, in the coaching business that we're in, you know, I'm, I'm looking for someone that can help me out on that front, that can help me reach out to the, the people that have inquired about our programs because I just simply don't have the time to do everything, right? And I guarantee the more and more you do that, the person that comes on and does, and does that is going to really be able to come out of themselves and develop another side to them. So there you go. If you're interested in a part-time job, holler at me, guys. <coughs> hi Diego, hi Sebastian, hi Alex, welcome back, hi Super Tinder, hi Romero, hi uh, BNT, hi Fahana, hi Lovet, hi Christian, hi Dale, welcome back, hi Hector, hi John, hi Lena, uh, who else we got, hi Gitan, hi Logan, welcome. Right, all right, right. Let's see what questions you got. Let's see how many questions we got here. Let me just scroll up. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Hi, Daniel. Oh, how do you rebuild confidence in yourself after a rough relationship? <coughs> you know. As I said, first of all, I think you've got to do that mindset stuff on yourself. You've got to reframe the relationship, first of all. Again, as rough as it was, you've just got to be thankful for the experience. You've got to be thankful for the up, the joys that you experienced in a relationship. You're probably just focusing on the negative of, um, because of how it 
ended, but surely there must have been some joy in that relationship. You must have learned something about yourself in that relationship. So first of all, just exercise the, the gratitude, okay? Just be grateful for what it gave you, first of all. And the next step is just taking things in smaller steps again, right? Chunking it down, like get back out there and just start speaking to new people. Start including yourself more in social events so you can find little small reference points that you can draw upon as to like, okay, women do like me. You know, I am accepted in social circles. I am, um, you know, that girl gave me her number that evening. Awesome. Like that means that that woman was comfortable in my presence, right? So, I mean, your reference points are going to be completely subjective in terms of where you are on your journey with all this. But what I'm basically trying to say is count the wins, count the wins, and then you will develop confidence, okay? Thanks for the question, Tim. <coughs> all right, Belaine. If someone you like starts to look at your Insta stories every day, this is someone who I have never met before, but I really like him. But does he? But he doesn't text. What do I do? Why don't you text him? Why don't you text him? It's two thousand. It's two thousand and nineteen. We've got this new wave feminism thing kicking up in the air in society. We're talking about equality. Come on, let's do it. Make the first move. You know, might be the shy guy. Might be the shy guy, right? Which isn't a bad thing, right? Isn't a bad thing. Be more weary of the overly confident guy. Be weary of people like me, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, reach out to him. All right, Alex. Hi, Irina. Hey, Danio. Hi, Maria. Hi, Shane. Shane the Handsome, that's an awesome handle. Excuse. Are you skilled in also dealing with people who are toxic, narcissistic, envious people, people who make random negative comments to get reaction out of you, especially when they are friends? They're not friends. They are not friends, right? They have got their own issues they need to deal with. They've got their own healing they need to go through. And, you know, you shouldn't be someone that they should be taking their shit out on right? Remove them. It's like what I just said, remove them. This is how you deal with toxic people. You let, you let them deal with themselves. You let them deal with themselves and work out they've got problems to, to deal with, right? Don't be part of that nonsense. I had to remove myself from many people in my life, right? That went on to change their behaviors later on in life. You know, they, they, they were going for a stage of maturity and they're learning something about themselves. They had to go away and work on themselves to become a better person, right? And I've been able to reconnect with them once they've gone through that journey. Some people just don't get over that. People, some people just, just don't grow in such a way. But that's, that's, a, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem, okay? But definitely remove the label of friends, right? This can be colleagues as well. I've had, I've had colleagues, I've had people I've worked with, I've had to get rid of, I've had to get rid of. Or, um, you know, remove myself from what they're involved in. Right? It's just not productive to be around people like that. Yeah? Remember, surround yourself with people who are great, who are supportive and on the path to greatness. Hi, Harry Took. Hi, Sarah. Yes, it took me a lot to get past it, but no, I don't, I don't worth it. Cool. Hi, Miltos. No worries, Sarah. Right, what other questions we got here? 
Pretty sure I found out myself the hard way. Right. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. I went three days. Valet, three days in a restaurant. I'm starting to love talking to people. I used to be shy as fuck. Starting to enjoy interactions a lot more, man. Cool. That's great. And remember, <coughs> when you're following my material, you're, you're reading my blogs. Read my blogs, by the way. Like, seriously, I've got over, like, 200 blogs on my website. You know, people are saying, oh, you do you do anything for free? Yeah, I do a fuckload for free, man. I've got a load of bloody free videos on YouTube. I do this every week for free. I've got over 200 free, like, you know, proper articles, not bullshit SEO articles. I'm talking, like, there is solid advice if you want to get it, yeah? So, you know, I always find it's the people that, the people that ask more are the people that don't want to pay anything, <laughs> which is fine because I've delivered to you guys anyway, you know. There, there's YouTube, check it out, Johnny Cassell, just pump it up on YouTube and subscribe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing videos, I'm dropping at least once a video a month on there, but you've got over 100 videos if you're new to that channel to catch up with. And listen, I'm, people are telling me they're getting results just by watching my YouTube channel. Okay, they're telling me that they're getting girlfriends and stuff just by watching my YouTube channel, right? If you want to accelerate the learning curve, you want to, if time is not on your side, right? Because time is, is something we don't get back, by the way, guys, then come onto a workshop. Come onto a workshop and I'll, and I'll push you through it and, and get you there. I mean, I had a guy contact me, he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, my, my budget is this to get over my social anxiety. I said, I'll do that for you in five hours. I'll have you approaching women in five hours or your money back, okay? Didn't get back to me. Didn't get back to me. Like, I just basically said that, I mean, I don't get it. It's just a mindset thing. The people, it's a procrastination thing. It's the same thing that kicks in when you see that beautiful woman across the road or in the cafe or that environment. It's procrastination, right? Start getting in the habit of being the yes man in all areas of your life right? Start exposing yourself to, to new environments, new experiences, because that's where learning is. That's where learning is. Not at home, not procrastinating, right? Take action. Right. Hi, Jose. Hi, Nelson. What do you think of, great question here, from uh, like a light, like a light, <laughs> Right. What do you think of moving? What do you think of moving the city? Looking to save and rebuild finances. What do I think of moving to a city? Let me give you a story. My uncle, right? When when um he he um yeah when my grandmother passed away, my father you know got a bit of inheritance, and my my uncle got a bit of inheritance, and my father put it into his business, and my uncle you know what I can only describe, decided to move somewhere up north in a place like Emmerdale, <laughs> right? So for the international uh, listeners right now, Emmerdale was like, you know, some uh, shitty soap opera on UK television um, that is situated in, you know, the middle of absolute nowhere, right? Where everyone's had a go on the barmaid and everyone that hasn't is waiting in line for, for you know, Maidy Boy to finish so they can have a go next week, right? It's scarce, it's barren. As a single man, right, to make that choice in your life, right, is ridiculous. It just 
doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense, right? So the consequence being, you know, he was he'd been single for a very long time, up until recently, where he actually decided to get a job that put him in a social environment. He actually became a teacher. And um, he met someone. He seems very happy now. But it's took him very, it's took him such a, such a long time to get to that place, right? And he would have had so, so, so much more beautiful experiences by being in more of a built-up area rather than a rural area, right? So place yourself somewhere where it's a, a metropolitan city or a place of abundance. As I say, I keep saying, I keep catching myself saying week on week, find that social machine, right? Living in the country in the sticks in some barren land is not the path to happiness, man. You ain't going to find um, someone there, right? You need to experience different people. You need to experience all the flavors on the menu till you really know what you want, right? And there's, <laughs> there's going to be very few flavors, uh, you know, that you could um, taste out there, okay? So, my question is, if you're in a situation where you're about to make a decision in life, you, you're looking to, um, you know, shack up somewhere, go to somewhere that's built up where you can build up a sense of community and you tap into different communities. And, um, yeah, you could discover that, that, that about yourself. You can meet a lot more people, right? Again, it's that abundance mentality, all right. So thanks for thanks for asking that question. I'm glad we managed to share that point with everyone. Hi James. Hi Archer Gavellano. Work kind of high for me, but she sees me at work. How to break virginity in thirties? Asking for a friend. <laughs> hey buddy, it's okay, man. If it's you, don't worry about it, man. We're we're all we're all uh, we're, all, we're all on a journey here. By the way, don't be worried about if that's, if you're still trying to lose your virginity in your thirties. I've experienced the 50-year-old virgin, right? Not just once, but twice, but a handful of times, okay? What I'll say about being in your 30s, first of all, is I want you guys to think of it, if you go back to when you were at school, and if you remember, it was always like the year above that seemed that the girls were more interested in than the year that you were in, Right? And that's how I kind of see like your 20s and your 30s or your 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. I don't know. I can't speak for my 40s yet. I'm not quite there. But for my colleagues, they might be able to relate to this. Um, in your 20s, it seems to be a, an absolute hustle to get the attention of, you know, women in their sexual prime in their 20s. Like it's a hustle, right? You've got to be pulling some stunts, Yeah. But in your 30s, I can only really describe it as, you know, you're like that year above. It really is like that. It's that year above. The, the, the women that are in their sexual prime in their 20s, they're more intrigued by the established man. The man that's kind of done more things. He's wiser. He's got a bit more money. He's doing things. And there's less resistance to building attraction to these women because natural uh, selection is playing in your favor. Okay, so that's something that you really need to kind of have in your mind, right? You're more established in your 30s. You're going to get a different sort of attention than a guy that's hustling in his 20s trying to get the same sort of thing, right? So in terms of losing your virginity at a later age, 
I think, first of all, it's not about losing your virginity because that's actually quite easy, isn't it? You could go to a knocking shop and do that. And I'm not advising that. And I think that is cheating the system. I don't think there's any there's anything to write home on that. Not I've never explored that. It doesn't appeal to me. Um, you know, I'm all about seduction. Like that. That's for me. That's 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 the chase for me. Right. I think that one thing is you have to calm down your mind. I think what would help is really visualizing, visualizing yourself, getting reference perhaps from movies, seduction scenes, you know, how that process is from A to B to C, right? What does that look like, right? Because that's where you're going to kind of stumble. And don't worry about being, you know, Mr. Smoothster, right? Like, you know, the transition to intimacy, it is it, not always so so clean and, and so so smooth, right? It can be, there can be fumbles and it can be a bit embarrassing to get to that destination. But, um, and I think that's where a lot of people put pressure on themselves when it comes to exploring that, when it becomes the time to explore that part of their, their life. Remember, like, people are often as nervous as you are, right? The woman is going to be as nervous as probably you are, right? So, it's just important to try and get, get your mind in a more of a calm, cool, selected state um, and trying to get your mind into like something that is a place of familiarity. And that obviously it's a lie, really, isn't it? Because you're not familiar with it if it's new. But if you can pull that reference from something that you've seen, right, then that might be able to calm your mind a little bit down. All right. Um, and they don't have to know. This is absolutely up to you. I mean, it's absolutely up to you. They don't have to know that you're going to be their first time. That she's going to be your first time, right? They don't have to know. There might be they. Some women might find it quite sweet and quite um, endearing, but some some women might find it as quite as like a high pressure thing and think that you might be latching onto them afterwards, or it might just be a bit too intense. But then again, you know, it's quite subjective. It depends on the relationship you have with this woman. Okay, but big takeaway there really is is just to try to calm the mind down, find a reference of familiarity, even though it isn't you aren't familiar with it, um, to make sure you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, they're going to be comfortable. Okay, thanks for asking that question. Hi Wilson, Tim Sturg. Yes, it's johnnycassell.com, right? It's johnnycassell.com. J O H N N Y. C A S E L dot com. Okay. My Propescu. My mate has been evicted from a place he got three days ago. He's thinking to move out of London to restart himself, Manchester, but he is nervous. Yeah, I mean, look, if you are coming into London, what can be very affordable is just doing a house share, right? And don't jump into a house share straight away without even like scoping the guys out that are that are living there, because these are going to be these people are going to be part of your influence. They might be part of your social circle, right? So, you know, you've got to you've got to see a few places before you decide to take a, a room. But I mean, <coughs> you could you could probably get a room for like seven hundred, uh, eight hundred a month, you know, in maybe zone one. So, which is great, I think. I mean, for people that they might think that's a lot of money, but hey, you're in you're in bloody zone one in central London, where there's over 12 million people, right? So get with the program. Like, spend that, spend a little bit more to get closer to the action, 
do it. It's totally worth it. This is your life. You don't you don't have another go at this, right? If you want to start experiencing things that you know you, that are beyond your imagination, you got to get closer to the you got to get closer to the action, right? Pay for your access. X cuts. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That that means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 a guy that does this um, out of love, out of passion. And, um, you know, we, we, we could, we could pump more followers on this. We could do all that kind of stuff. But, um, my heart is on the coaching. I spent a lot, a lot of my time coaching guys. Um, that's where my energy goes, right? Hi, Carlani. Hi, Taliban Stanian. That's, 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 that's a great handle. Hey, Tony. Awesome. Thanks for jumping on. Hi, Pablo. Uh, whoa, what's happened here? I've Bloody flip the camera again. There we go. Self-meditation is also learning. Yep, love love meditation. I've been doing a lot of that, like my own version of meditating lately. And um, just been really like getting comfortable within my body, feeling very full in my body. And um, that sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? <laughs> but, you know, for me... To simplify meditation, how I use it is I just focus on a part of my body. It might just be like the, a feeling in the tip of my finger. I'll just close my eyes. I'll just, I'll just focus on my breathing, like breathing out, yeah, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. I might do a bit of that before I've got to do some public speaking because, to be honest, my, I don't, my body doesn't respond. Um, I don't get a spike in, in my feelings when I see a woman that I need to speak to or uh, like that's, I'm just kind of over that. Um, but for me, like if I'm at a, doing a speaking appointment, I might get that spike and I need to kind of just control my body and feel my body a little bit more to be in the present. So that's something that I'll do. I'll just kind of focus on a part of my body and then just focus on the, the breathing and just, just that, just that, that feeling on the tip of my finger right there. Now just get me into a state. I've been using this with clients lately as well. And it's been, highly effective because I had a guy last week, he'd done seven days, seven nights with us. And, um, he, he was actually taking medicine. He was taking like diazepam, uh, or, and beta blockers, <coughs> not beta blockers, sorry, diazepam. He was very anxious and I shared with him how to meditate and he found this to be most effective. In actual fact, when he did it in the morning, he had his most productive day ever, right? So, yeah, meditation is underrated. Um, we're talking about it more and more so. You know, I think we're, um, we, we're living, our minds are becoming so busy, aren't they, with all of the apps and all of the, the, the things that we've got to do with work and the notifications. We're sort of, I mean, now more than ever, I think meditation has a place, man, definitely. Uh, hey, Tony, yeah. So Tony Tones, follow Tony Tones. Tony's a great guy. He'll help you out with your marketing. <coughs> I know he's doing a lot of media marketing at the moment. If you, if you check my, um, if you remember Tony, Tony was the guy from LA that came over um, around last October, I believe, and he smashed the ball out the park with, with his course. He did really well. He really threw everything at it. I'm very proud of Tony, man. I hope he keeps the ball rolling, man. He's a great guy. Hi, Waterboy. Hi, Michael. Hi, Chalmers. Whoa, what's going on? It was... Taliban Stanian, yes, place yourself where you're able to grow. Yep, simply, simple. 
uh, yeah, better in a house in country than struggling in London. He has moved to Manchester. That's built up. Yeah, Manchester's okay. Manchester's like a second city, I guess. I mean, it's um, it's it's better than. Um, I I I would not say it's it's, it's good to be in the country because there's no social element in the country, really, is there? You know, it's 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 very it's very, it's barren. You know, your options are limited. You know, but you're right there. Like, if you can't get to London, perhaps a, a second city would be good, right? Like Manchester. That that that's a good second option. Um, and then you might find that you just grow out of that. But even that, having said that, if you're still restricted to like more of a suburban place, nothing's stopping you from just jumping on the train and having a long weekend in a more built-up city and just progressing your social status and your social life that way. You know, that's something I recommend. I've got a guy right now I'm teaching that's uh, here this week from Switzerland. He flew over from Switzerland to work with me. And um, he's in like a smaller town in Switzerland, and he was thinking about coming over here for like three days a week, London, just to build up like, you, you know, his social stuff. And um, I said, why don't you just go to Geneva? You know, just go to Geneva every weekend and, and just build it up that way. And he's like, yeah, shit, it's so obvious. Why didn't I think of that? You know, I mean, it's, a lot of this is uncommon sense. You know, the answers are right there in front of you sometimes. Uh, right. And, and the reason why I say that, by the way, is it's, 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 it's the collection of minds, right? There's a certain collection of minds that live in a smaller town than that they live in a city or a build-up area, right? They're on different paths in life, different comfort zones, and some you'll be able to relate to and some you won't, right? So just position yourself. A lot of this is about positioning guys. I've, I work with guys that have been like, have really bad experiences with women, but you look at the areas these women are in, and it's quite apparent that these aren't quality women, so, you know, low-quality women are going to give you bad experiences, right? So put yourself in environments when you've got better-quality women so you can have better experiences. It's that simple, right? I, there's a lot of, like, when you speak to, when you speak to a lot of women, that, you know, not all women, I don't want to generalize that, but I always have to, like, just sort of smile when a woman goes, oh, all men are the same and stuff like that. And it's just, well, it depends where she's experienced that, demographic of, of, of men, isn't it? You know, it depends on what men have you dated, right? I certainly don't think that all women are the same. You know, I've, 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 had, I've had bad experiences with women. I've had very positive experiences with women, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for the bad ones because they shape me to be the person that I am now. And so should you. And again, I just want to emphasize that. Like, even the negative and bad experiences you've had with women, be thankful for them, right? They're all, they all are part of your learning, and they all shape and help you craft what, you, what you're aware of, what you like, and steer you in a certain direction, all right? It's gratitude, man. So you believe that this is why most women want older men, but isn't that an extent to gold digging? No, it's not. And um, it, it, it's, it's just not, okay? Gold digging is when you're being very... Where you're literally just um, trying to milk a dude, right? Milk a dude or <laughs> milk a woman. Gold diggers both sides, right? But the people don't speak about that too often, is it? The guy, the guy gold diggers. You know, there's plenty of those guys out there. Um, no, I mean, there is, there is something that is attractive about an older dude, and that's experience. It's experience, right? 
I've, I've dated older women, right? I've been in relationships with older women. And there's a, something that's attractive about that too, right? So it's, it's not about gold digging. It's not about gold digging. It's about experience and it's about stimulation, okay? When I was younger, when I was in my like mid-20s, I felt that I had to date up because the nature of what I was working in you know, I was dealing with psychology, I was dealing with people. I, I just felt I couldn't relate to many people, any females, um, either my age or, you know, below me. I felt that my psychology was a bit, was a, just a bit maturer than them. So I felt I had to date up to be able to reach the sort of stimulation that I was looking for. Now, as I've got older, I'm actually able to date a bit more younger because the stimulation is where it, where it needs to be. Yeah, there's physical stimulation, there's mental stimulation, guys. And r just remember the importance of mental stimulation because that's what's going to be the long, that's what's going to be in the longevity of your relationship. Okay. Hi, Smash Republic. Hi, Top Secrecy. Hi, Louis. Hi, Hassan. What do I think of sleeping with an 18 year old girl in your 30s? I mean, that doesn't appeal to me, to be honest. Um, again, I think I've just, what I just said there about this physical stimulation and there's mental stimulation. I, I, I mean, a, an 18 year old girl would just not be physically stimulating for me personally, personally. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. I, I, I definitely know people uh, that have done that. Um, but I don't know. That's, that's, that, 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 that doesn't, I don't, it's not, it's not, not for me, man. That's not for me. I think, um, you know, mid, mid twenties, uh, is, is where you, uh, me personally would pick it up from, um, 18 year olds, a bit too young, but any different strokes for different folks. Hi, Dave. Hi, V5. Hi, Happy Sani. Hi, Best Bobster. Hi, Vicky. We're talking about it because he is a... Uh, he is... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you got another question. You're, you're asking me, your friend has got bad odor, and uh, there's girls have been talking about it. This sounds another like asking for a friend question. <laughs> um... Listen, man, hygiene, there's no excuse for bad hygiene. There is no excuse for bad hygiene, yeah? Like, I I have to tell guys, if guys come on my courses and they smell, I'll tell them you smell. I was like, listen, you got to get that handled. We cannot go out you smelling like that, right? And maybe, I, 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 I don't know what it is. I don't know how, how people don't understand that the smell is bad or that they have body odor and that's not a good thing or that, you know showering every day is just not part of the like why is that not part of the bloody program <laughs> like the basics man like i just look this is the body this is the body that touches your woman right this is the body that's going to make love to your woman look after it okay it's going to be the body that touches your woman look after it yeah you wouldn't put up put put up with that from her right this isn't some bloody Jeremy Carl audition, all right? You got to, <laughs> like, look after your body, man. No nose hairs coming out here. No, 
your wiggly hairs popping out the ear or the side of your neck. God, like if and smell, I mean, that's just the best beyond me. I'm, I'm struggling. I think that's probably a mental problem, actually. I think that's an issue there if, if they're having problems with that. Because I don't, I don't think there's any excuse for bad hygiene. Yeah, it's the basics. Hi, Shell and Partners. Hi, t Tony's giving me an update. Who is Tony is a graduated seven-day program student. I've been going out with different girls, some older women. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have, right? Tony the MILF hunter. <laughs> Good to have you on, buddy. Hi, hi, Odias. Uh, what are your thoughts on using network marketing as a means of creating multiple streams of income? Um, uh, I was asked to do this recently, and um, just sounds like a pyramid scheme to me, you know? That's all it is. I like referral schemes. I like that. I like to tell everyone that's listening now that if they refer me a client, I will give you 10% of what that client spent with me as a thank you, and that you can have, you can create, you can use that structure as another form of income. I like that. But when people start talking about multiple levels of marketing and all this kind of business, it just screams scam to me, right? And I've been surprised at how many clever people have fallen for, like, that I know have fallen for pyramid schemes and try to get me involved. Like, God, dumbass. Um, but no, I like referral schemes. Referral schemes are great, you know? If the person is ethical and does a good job, <coughs> and, and, and you know, and provides you know a quality service, remember it's your name on the line when you refer someone. So check check the company out or the people out before you start like su like suggesting it as an option for someone. Okay. Right. Seven hundred per month is a lot. Uh, it's not. It's really not. Um, in actual fact, London has a really low, uh, yield on property for, for rental income, right? So in comparison, on a grander scheme of things, it's actually not a lot. Um, again, I, I, I spoke about, um, I, there was a, a tip I gave on the stories today. I said about someone asked that rich dad, poor dad, the book, what do I think about? And I said, it's a great way, it's a great book to start getting your money right. It's start getting your money right. Like, here's the deal. When someone tells me the cost of something, I work out what I've got to invest in to give me that. So right now, £700 a month, I'm thinking, what have I got to invest in to give me £700 a month? Because that ain't coming out of my pocket, right? That's coming out of something I've invested in to pay for that because that's a new expense on my roster. Do you see? That's how my mind works. Right, so you've always got to be hedging when you're. So it's okay, and that's sort of something that book will teach you. If you got, if you want to take on a new expense, then it just means you need to find a new um, income vehicle to pay for that new expense, as opposed to trying to dig money out of your one source of income, because that's just how you go broke, right? And that's just how. Well, that's a middle class way of operating. So always be looking to think, be thinking like that, be solution based. All right. That's what we are. Like we're always thinking about 
we're entrepreneurial, right? We're, we're always thinking about a solution, not the problem. It's the same thing when we want to interact with, with certain people or meet certain women. It's not we can't meet them. It's not they're out of the league, yeah? It's how. It's how. Find the solution. Have you ever had encounters with people who are compulsive or love to argue to always be right? How to deal with them? Should I just leave the relationship behind or is that not a valid reason? I think you need to learn about how to use diplomatic language and um, come from a neutral standpoint. Like when you know someone's wrong, like I was in a confrontation literally a couple of days ago with, it's a confrontation, I wouldn't say it was had any negative outcome. It was a woman had strong feminist views and I just didn't come back with a strong, you know, opposing thought. I just kind of relayed what she said and asked her if she had thought about a certain thing and then thought, like, she, I just made her realize she was contradicting herself and kind of left it with her. And then, um, you know, she kind of reached a conclusion that I was right, but I wasn't on the campaign of being right. I just wanted to make her realize that there was a contradiction into what she was saying. Um, so with someone that always wants to be right, I mean, it's just really dumb. It's just dumb as fuck. And, like, it should just be something that's practiced as well for your own well-being as well. Like, when, when you're having, a, like, debates are fun. Debates are great and, com and conversations are fun where you're actually uh, expressing each other's views and you're, you're wanting to know more about um, people's beliefs. But at the same time, you've got to be respectful to hear both sides, right? Um, it depends how far, how deep you are. I don't... Should you leave the relationship? I don't think so. I think that you should... I think you should take my advice on board. I mean, I don't know how you've been approaching that um, situation at the moment, but it's to... It's not to throw... It's not to... You know, you can't fight fire with fire. You've got to have the patience of a priest of these sort of people and understand that they have an emotional outburst, perhaps, and just give them a moment and then maybe, like, relook at that point they're trying to make at a a time where they're coming from a place of logic, okay? Look, we're all emotional beings. Just some of us handle our emotions better than others, right? So timing's important, okay? How do you ask girls out at work? Business cards. Mm. Depends on the situation, I guess. I think that um, with a work scenario, I think it's a longer play because otherwise if you go for it straight away, <coughs> it's a person you're going to see quite often, isn't it? Um, I'd go for more of a casual way of doing it. I'd, I'd go for like a group works drinks or something like that and then kind of get to know the person more on a deeper level in that scenario and see if you can develop some deep rapport, move it away from the generic surface connection you have at work to make you kind of really stand out from everyone else. And then, um, you know, I think she'll develop some feelings for you, and then you can pick up on those indicators, and I think you'll have a smoother transition that way. So there's two ways there. You can play a longer play or move it into a, a bubble outside of work and uh, look to escalate things that way. No, Daniel, just going to be wrapping up last five minutes now, I'd say. How do you do a bitch to your people at work? Um, you you got you to inject it with humor. Really, you know, if someone says something bitchy, just go. Uh, you got to stop doing that because I tell you, I tell you what, um, 
the more and more you do that, <laughs> the more and more it's turning me on. <laughs> okay, like really flip flip them. You know, if someone's being a bitch to you, um, well, not necessarily at work. I won't really say, use that for work, but that outside of work, really. Um, then that would be something that I do. But <clears throat> with bitchy with bitchy people, just don't respond emotionally to it, right? Because that's what they're after, right? Just let it go over your head, um, or come back with a bit of wit. Yeah. Um, it's like a bully in the playground. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to respond emotionally to someone. You just want to you want to come back in a clever and sophisticated way. Okay. How are you guys? How to plan a good surprise for my girlfriend. Whoa. Um God, I'd have to know a bit more about that, man. Um depends on the depends on the the celebratory event i guess i like to something i did for valentine's one day was actually hired a a classic car and you'll find pictures of this on my facebook if you're a friend of me on facebook and i knew that my girlfriend at the time was actually uh, finishing off a meeting <coughs> and then she was done for the evening cuz i said look be free be like keep wednesday evening free where are you going to be at six? And she said, the hotel. So I turned up in this classic car. And I, um, I messaged her. I said, your Uber's outside. And she came outside. And I was sitting there in this classic car. And I, we drove off to the country. And we, had, um, you know, we stayed in this um, my stately home hotel. And had a lovely time. So that was, that was a quite a nice thing to do. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could go, you could go anywhere with that. Another something else might be cool is is to have a picnic basket in the back, right, and drive off into the country in the, in the back of your car. Drive off into the country, find a really nice spot, picnic spot. And you go, oh, you know what would be great right now if we just had one of those picnic baskets and you know just had a rug and we just laid out the rug out on the grass and you had a really cute picnic and um, get out the car and then give her the keys and say, hey, do you mind just um, do you mind just getting my coat out of the back? And then as she opens the boot, she sees the picnic box and all the you know cute little plates and ready-made sandwiches. Um, <laughs> there you go, man. That, that's a really great one I just thought of right now. Um, all right. So, Jesus, we have got two minutes left. Uh, right. I've voiced the one for... Right, 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 right. Bad breath is absolutely breaking point. Absolutely, there's no excuse for a bad breath. Right. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap up. I have to thank you. Thank you all for... Um, oh, sorry about that. Thank you all for jumping on again. Um, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, show me some love. And... Um, I record these. I put them out on my Spotify. I put them on my iTunes. And um, if you leave a, a lovely comment there, that'd be that'd be appreciated. And look, if you want to work with me in person, just contact me, man. I'm not I'm not only doing workshops here in London, but I'm out in LA in um, in November, November the fourth. So if you're in the US or you're in that part of the world, you know, hop over to the states, hop over to LA, and work with me in person. Right, 
we always have a fantastic time. Um, yeah, and I hope I hope you trust me. I hope you trust me to be your coach one day, and you get over that procrastination you're in. Um, because I'm telling you, if we work in person, I can really accelerate your growth. All right. So God bless you. And um, oh, and get the book. If you haven't got the book, that's another way of supporting my work. Go on Amazon. It's called Elite Seduction, and uh, it's a great way to introduce, um, become more acquainted with my work. All right, guys. Take care and have a great week. God bless. If you enjoyed the content, follow me on Instagram at London Dating Coach.